baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, Wolves win last night. Wild lose. Boy, scare last night. Anthony Edwards rolled his ankle in the second quarter. Looked trouble. I saw some tweets saying, oh, no, it's over. It's over. And he came back in the third quarter. Wolves beat the Spurs. Wild lose to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Twins in action again today. I believe they faced the Orioles, and I believe that game also streamed on our Odyssey app if you want to uh, tune into the baseball game. Uh, twins tied the Phillies yesterday. And I'm going down there in a... Uh, I don't get to I don't get the cushy job like uh, like Vita Vanita and uh, Jason. I'm going down with listeners, WCCO listeners. We're doing the fan in the stands tour. It's a working man's trip. Working Go down man's with tri- the, well, working man's with the trip. regular folk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, that is uh, not uh, next weekend, but the weekend after that over St. Patrick's Day. I'll be down in uh, Fort Myers. How Cannot, many how many games you get to see on that trip? Four games. Oh, very nice. Four or five? No, I think five games. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of baseball. A lot of baseball. And those games move, man. Yes. Quick, which is good. Yeah, you don't want to be sitting in the sun you don't want for to sit three and a half hours. Four, uh, four yeah. hours. Or three hours. Three hours, yeah. It's, and plus, you know, once the uh, starters are out, you're like, okay. And the guys who are in the lineup who've got number 78, like, okay, I don't know who that guy is, and I don't really care. Will you stay for the uh, duration of all those games? Or if it's... Oh, yeah, well... I have to, oh, because it's bus trips and you're oh, with the listeners. Okay, okay. I can't just duck out. Well, I don't do you know. Think I, I mean, am. I mean, I'm a man of the people. Five games is a lot. A lot of games. Okay, a lot of sun though. Sitting in the sun. By the way, I failed to mention Jordana will be back tomorrow. She's uh, coming back from D.C. today. We t- checked in with her yesterday. Yeah, she's supposed to be doing all the museums and touristy stuff in D.C. today. Yeah, that'll be fun. Let's see how that goes. Uh, Willie Nelson and family oh, are bringing the Outlaw Music Festival to Somerset, Wisconsin later this year. And Minnesota native Bob Dylan will be one of the headliners. He's the from Minnesota. Music Festival will take place at the Somerset Amphitheater September 6th. Presale tickets go on sale today. Adam, will you be heading to Wisconsin to see Minnesota's own Bob Dylan along with <laughs> He's Willie from Nelson? Minnesota? Yeah, are, did are you know sure that? about that? <laughs> Well, I knew I knew Willie was coming, and as part of that, the original uh, announcement for the lineup also included uh, Billy Strings, who's fantastic. I saw Billy Strings at uh, the Surly performance area last summer, and Allison Krauss and Robert Plant. Robert Plant, of course, Led Zeppelin frontman, but now he teams up with Allison Krauss, Bluegrass, and they do a wonderful job. But now Bob Dylan's been added, and my favorite. John Cougar Mellencamp, one of my absolute favorites. Not. So you're going to go? I have to go to this. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've seen Willie one time. I saw him at the Northrop Auditorium in 2004, I believe. I saw Bob Dylan in Mankato in 1996, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, I saw Billy Strings, as I just mentioned, but uh, Allison Krauss and Robert Plant. I'd love to see that. Absolutely. I will be there. You better act quick. I think tickets... Tickets go on sale Friday. Uh, said, right? Oh, is that what I said? Friday? 
thought you said. I thought I said Wednesday. Oh, pre-sale tickets uh, Wednesday. So okay. maybe if you have a certain deal, you can get them today. But uh, yeah, General Public Friday. Yep. Absolutely. Probably the last time you're going to see Willie Nelson. I mean, he's 90 years old. Yeah, yeah, could be. A new Minnesota tourism campaign was introduced yesterday titled The Star of the North. The multi-platform campaign was introduced by Governor Walls and Explore Minnesota during a press conference yesterday in Rochester. Now, what's interesting here is that it's a tourism, right? It's Explore Minnesota, but they're trying to attract both tourists and businesses, transplants, people to come and live live here in Minnesota and – I actually have a, a cousin who just graduated college, and she's deciding where to move. She has no roots kind of anywhere right now, and Minnesota is one of her options. So, Adam Carter. What's my elevator pitch? What would your elevator pitch be to a young professional um, deciding where in the U.S. to live? Yeah, honestly, if you, you know, I, you know if, if I was young and single and – you know, okay, you know, obviously Chicago would be a great destination to live. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly if you could afford it, New York, San Francisco, not so much right now. San Francisco is kind of on a downer. But I, I think, here it is, I think Minneapolis is very attractive to to a young single person despite what's happening, and we do have some serious issues. But I think we're bottoming out, and I think the best days are yet to come. Is that what you're laughing? That's not, not very a good. Great, uh, Look, pitch. we have a terrible city. It's right. no fun. We've if got too like much crime. crime. But this is the bottom. Yeah, right. We're only going to go up from <laughs> <Right>. here. <laughs> okay, that wasn't a great pitch. Hey, have you heard of our lakes? We've got great lakes and a great lake and a new flag. That's just really catchy. I'm going to, you know, make sure to yeah. tell Explore Minnesota to go elsewhere for the elevator right. pitch. Jeez. Disney World has put out its ticket prices for 2025 for next year, and prices for many of its parks will be going up once again. Saw for, the first time since 2018. Yes, that's right. For example, uh, a ticket in late August to Animal Kingdom will go up from 109 to 119. Other ticket prices going up from uh, their single day entrance passes from 169 uh, up five dollars from. Last year, Adam, uh, is are your family a Disney family, and would higher prices like this impact your decision? My ex-wife took the girls to Disney uh, many years ago, probably five, six years ago. I haven't been to Disney since I was a little kid, so I guess we're not Disney family. Do I? I mean, at some point again in my life, I think I'd like to go to Disney World. I know that's kind of weird that I'm because my kids are kind of a past the age of full enjoyment of it, so maybe it'll be with my grandkids someday. But every time I see videos, those lot I mean, waiting in line for like two hours to get on a ride, no chance in any circumstance would I do that. And I guess if you pay the extra you get the hype you get the VIP or whatever yeah, it is yeah. and you can skip the lines. But that'll cost you a significant amount of money. There's also a very funny uh tic tac tic tac thread about it's people behaving badly at Disney World. Oh, sure, you know, it's yeah. supposed to be this great family spot, and it's people behaving like buffoons. Yeah, kids freaking out. Kids freaking and, out. Yeah. God, there was one where a woman accidentally runs into his, a woman on a scooter actually runs into a stroller, Ugh. and the guy flips out, and this poor woman who's in this scooter who didn't intend to hit, yeah. obviously, the scooter, she's crying, and it's... So, yeah, that sounds like a family. Great uh, Yeah, pay 150 bucks a day to, to do that. To see that, yeah. no. But, uh, you know... 
at some point in my life, I'd like to go back to Disney. Because I gave it a great elevator pitch just like I did the state of Minnesota. <laughs> uh, the barn will be rocking tonight as Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes come to town to face the Gophers. The game is sold out, and it could be a preview of the buzz that will be in town next week for the Big Ten Tournament. Adam, are you all in on Caitlin Clark mania? Oh, 100%. Um, to see what it's done, I mean, think about the interest level in women's basketball as opposed to men's basketball right now in college. Not close. Uh, and that's because of Caitlin Clark. As advertised, it'll be great at the barn tonight, and the Big Ten tournament is going to be fantastic. It's sold out already. Historic. So it's going to be a great weekend next weekend. Because I believe, what is that going on too? Is the State Boys High School Hockey Tournament happening at the same time next weekend over in St. Paul? It could be a crazy weekend here in the Twin Cities. Hopefully the weather will be nice. It will be excellent. Get some people, maybe some patios will be open if it's really warm. That will be awesome. Totally awesome. Don't you kind of want a big snowstorm though? Like No. Show everybody who we really no. are here no. in the bold north. Yeah. You thought my elevator pitch was bad. <laughs> that one would be even worse. Dean Phillips should stay in the race. If I'm telling Nikki Haley to stay in the race because I like what she's doing, I don't know what she's doing, but I like it, I should have the same reaction to Dean Phillips. Even though Dean Phillips came in fourth in the Michigan primary last night. Joe Biden, number one. With 81% of the vote. Uh, uncommitted. That was a, that came in second with 13% of the vote. Now, a lot of those uncommitted were uh, people who object to Joe Biden's stance on Israel-Gaza. As we saw, same situation here in Minnesota with some groups, including CARE, other groups that support Palestine, coming out saying, in the primary, support somebody else other than Joe Biden as a message to him that they do not accept his stance so far on uh, the war in the Middle East. Not necessarily that they suddenly would switch to voting for Donald Trump, but at least in the primary saying, uh, voicing their displeasure. You know who came in third in the Michigan primary? Marianne Williamson, the author who... <laughs> Wait, she's still in the race? No, she's not. What? Uh, who dropped out of the race. And coming in fourth with 2.7%, our buddy Dean Phillips. Now, you you jokingly played... Uh, now, I flip-flopped on Billy Joel. <laughs> yes. I flip-flopped on Dean Phillips. I initially was b- bravo Dean. Absolutely. He's fighting for his convictions. Then I was questioning, Dean, what are you doing? But I will say I talked to someone who worked very closely with Dean Phillips... And I was able to pick this person's brain about his true intentions. And I was convinced by this person and totally believe wholeheartedly in this person, what this person was telling me, that Dean Phillips absolutely was doing this uh, out of conviction, out of his belief, his fear that Donald Trump wins another term. Not necessarily that he was actually going to win or beat Joe Biden for the nomination, And clearly that's not going to happen. So why should Dean Phillips stay in? But if I'm going to be on record saying 
Nikki Haley, keep running. Give us another option. I should absolutely say the same thing to Dean Phillips, even though he's got no path, absolutely none, to beating Joe Biden. So I have to be consistent here. I We, I, we should want options, whether it's within the Democratic Party, within the Republican Party, or here's a novel concept, another party other than those two, where we can turn to and say, yeah, if there's... If the numbers are right, if there's 70%, up to 70% of voters in America who say, I don't want Joe Biden, I don't want Donald Trump, I want somebody else, they should have an outlet. And I guess Dean Phillips, for as much as you roll your eyes and saying he's got no chance, is giving you that outlet. Mm -hmm. I still think that Dean Phillips, at least at this point, isn't trying to be number one on that list. He's trying to be number two on that list, which he really is because... What did you say? Number two was basically none of the above, and number three is a candidate who's already quit. So Dean is essentially number two. And I just think strategically, if he can stay at number two, if I just the think president needs to drop out for some reason, then there is I even in that Dean's circumstance. There, number yeah, two. But even in that circumstance, I don't think it's Dean Phillips. I don't think suddenly everybody's like gonna go, Oh, we got Dean here. I think they find somebody else. I just don't think he's got the name recognition that yeah. he's. I know, but if yeah, if that happens last minute, are they going to be able to get somebody else ready that fast? I don't know. I would. I mean, hope this so. is all hypothetical, but I would love a phone call. We got uh, calls coming in, texts coming in six five one four six one nine two two six. And what do you think the end game is? I, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know. You know, he was on with Chad. Says, "Hey, I'd be open to running on the third party, no, no labels with uh, with Nikki Haley." And again, they don't throw those lines out just willy-nilly and just saying, ah, I'm just going to throw that out there to see. That is obviously something that he has been thinking about or his people have been thinking about. But surely from what we got from Nikki Haley in Jason's interview, she says, well, I'm running as a Republican. Now, that wasn't exactly a no, never, I'll never run as a third party. But it certainly doesn't seem like she would be on the same page as Dean Phillips. Uh, it's been great. Here's, here's a text, 651-461-9226. It has been great having Phillips as my member of Congress. And while I think many of us would like to see someone younger running for president, I've been very surprised at how naive he was to think he would get a lot of support to go after sitting president. I do, too. I, I if, And I, I find it hard to believe that he is that naive. I don't... I don't know how much support he thought he'd get or how realistic he thought his chances were. But I take him for his word that I am doing this because at the end of the day, should Donald Trump get elected again and Democrats wring their hands saying, what happened? Boy, we can't believe that Joe Biden lost. Much in the same way as it happened in 2016 when, oh, I can't believe that Hillary lost to Donald Trump. We thought this was a shoe in that he couldn't have lived with himself if he hadn't done something, if he hadn't at least spoke out. I take him at his word for that. Uh, well, and there's a sitting vice president, no way he'd leapfrog over her to the ticket. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if Kamala Harris would be moved to the top of the ticket. I think they'd be looking elsewhere. And again, I don't know what that is. Again, these are clearly all hypotheticals. Uh, Kristen from Cottage Grove has called in. Kristen, uh, jump into the conversation. Uh, you think Dean should stay okay. in? Is there a time for Dean to leave? What's your take on this? I hope he leaves ASAP. 
I don't think he's, I don't think it matters if he could win. He's not the right, he's not the right person for the job. He's not an ethical choice for the job. I think he's just a rich man who wants to add fame to his mm. credentials. Um, so Nikki you think Haley has, Nikki Haley has ethics. I mean, I'm not, I'm not exactly in her camp, but she is sincere in her values. And what makes I you, can I, Kristen, can I just, uh, yeah. why, why don't, why do you feel that Dean Phillips isn't sincere just because he's has a lot uh-huh. of money? Uh, no, um, that tone of his voice, it doesn't feel to me like he is speaking from his center. It feels to me like he's a showboater. Um, uh, it doesn't feel to me like he's someone who would bother to be true to himself. Hmm. He has true, um, uh, see, that's, it's hard for me to think that into okay. words right now. That's all right. But I, Thank okay. you, thank you for the call. That was uh, Kristen in Cottage Grove. Again, that's that's a that's that's a picture into how many of us vote. Just our gut feeling about someone when we t- how do I how do I how does this person come across to me and how do I feel like like we have no I have no ba- I yeah I have no basis to call Dean Phillips unethical or yeah. just because he's rich doesn't mean he's somehow in it just for fame or fortune. I actually I believe him when yeah. when he says that. And doesn't mean it doesn't make it right. Doesn't may doesn't mean it's going to be successful. Certainly, we see that it isn't. But I take him at his word for that. Doesn't mean, and it doesn't mean even if I take him at his word that I'd be supportive of him. It just I feel like mm-hmm. his argument is more authentic than a lot of other arguments I've heard from people who are seeking that third party or is see, seeking to challenge the status quo. Well, and Kristen may be right, but again, the conversation we're having is not about policy and how well the person would represent our country. It's about, you know, we're judging their character based on their tone of voice, which I, I agree. I think that's how a lot of us vote, but I don't think that's how it should be. Yeah. A couple of texts here. Dean Phillips is uh, showing he's much more honest than Amy and Tina, referring to the, our senators. I agree with that. And I agree with that, including our governor. When they come out and say, oh, fully, there's no problem with Joe Biden. He's... he's we fully feel confident that he's uh, up for the job. I think if you got them behind closed doors and off the record, I don't think they'd tell you that. I think there would be real concerns with uh, Joe Biden. And, again, not to say that the what he has done has been what exactly we asked for, at least the people who support him and voted for him. But that also doesn't mean, can't you, like, say, okay, Joe, you did the job you said you were going to do. Uh, let's find somebody else to do it. I, I, I don't see, to me, that is courage. And I'll give Dean credit for doing that at least. Uh, back to the phones. Jeff is in Minneapolis. Jeff, uh, your thoughts on Dean Phillips. Is it time for him to step aside? I'm uh, just curious, the elephant in the room, uh, is Dean Phillips of the Jewish faith? Uh, yes, he is. Why do you ask? Well, uh, just curious if the country's ready. We've already had two Catholic presidents. Yep. Uh, maybe it's time for a Jewish president. And just kind of curious if that's a factor. All right, Jeff, fair enough. Thanks for the quote. I mean, that, the, the, absolutely a question. Uh, if 
which is sad. At this, it's 2024. Uh, whether it's a gay president, a female president, Jewish president, uh, president of another faith, uh, Islamic or Muslim president. But those are very real questions in this country. Obviously, though, those issues play a significant role. And I don't think, I honestly don't think that has a lot to do with it in this case. Maybe somewhat, but I, I just don't. Of course, that's maybe that's naive of me to think that it doesn't in this day and age. Otherwise, maybe we would have had um, a female president already or a gay president already or a Jewish president already. 10.33, we, we can get back to this. We'll, we'll take a break here. Um, we want to check in with Susie Jones, who is covering uh, the funeral today for the uh, two pol- Burnsville police officers and the firefighters. I wanted to talk to Susie. Not just to get a lay of the land, obviously she's doing that through her reports, but this isn't Susie's first funeral covered for a fallen, killed, murdered police officer. And I wanted to get her thoughts about how she handles covering these when it's such a difficult situation and emotions are so raw. And Susie's a good person to talk to about that. We'll talk to Susie Jones coming up next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, you'll be glad you did. In about uh, 20 minutes, the funeral for Matthew Ruge, Paul Elmstrand, and Adam Finseth will begin at Grace Church in Eden Prairie, and already uh, preparations are being made not only for the uh, that service, but what comes after. And Susie Jones, our, our reporter who is uh, covering this, uh, has been all morning long in preparation for it, joins us now on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. And Susie, the main reason I wanted to talk to you, obviously you're doing a great job of setting the scene there, but this, we've been through this before, and I know you specifically have been through this before, covering the funeral of a, of a police officer killed in the line of duty. And I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about your thoughts when you cover these and how different might this one be other than ones you've covered before. And I think about Jerry Vick, you know, I I think about uh, that name comes to mind and other funerals we've gone through in the twin cities. And these are uh, times where we just really stop and take notice of the sacrifices that, uh, that these gentlemen and in some cases, women uh, give us. Yeah, certainly does bring it all to the forefront, doesn't it? But I was thinking about that today and how different this service is from others that I've covered in that this is police and fire. This is paramedics. There are ambulance drivers here because I think this was so shocking to have a paramedic killed while he was helping another officer. So the magnitude of the paramedics, the fire department, the police department, the state patrol, I mean, there are officers from all over. I saw officers from South Dakota. So it's really a sort of a larger than life operation. It's very well organized. Uh, Department of Public Safety has organized it and everybody's got a place. You know where you're going. You know where you can go, where you can't go. So for us, we've been given real strict direction and, you know, you follow it. And every officer's 
They have a media staging area to tell you this is where you guys are. Now, this particular service, Adam, just to let you know, it's pretty strict. The family explicitly asks that people don't take pictures of them when they come out, mm-hmm. you know, into the public, and don't take pictures of children, yep. um, things like that. So we're 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 doing carefully here, uh, and as you said, on this really somber day. Totally understand that, and uh, you know, when you have this many people uh, converging on this site and so many cameras. I totally understand, and obviously the families are the ones we should be listening to the most and what their, what their wishes are. Uh, can you give us a sense, Susie? Obviously, it's, it's too bad that it's, it's as cold as it is today, uh, because I, but I don't think that's going to affect the people who want to stand outside as this procession goes by at the end of the funeral. Uh, any sense of uh, what kind of crowds we'll see when that, when that is done? Well, I'm sure they'll be great. I know the cold... You know, it is cold but bearable if you wear enough clothes. They actually did move some of the honors um, inside, so the ringing of the bell. And, again, these are different traditions for different departments. The fire department has prayer of the firefighter, the ringing of the bells, and, uh, of course, the police hand of watch, which is all just a gut You know, it's a terrible, terrible, if you listen to it, it just kind of stops you. so they'll be blending that, and now portions of it will be inside. So even people online will be able to hear that, where normally they might have missed that, being that they're outside. And then once we are outside, there are the two ladders, the hook and ladders that are up right now with an American flag flying. They'll have caps uh, played outside and uh, the gun salute taking place outside, a flyover outside. So kind of in and out today, but... Definitely more and more people are here. Um, I'm inside the media door. door. That's where they have us upstairs, and I'm just waiting to go up there. But we'll be here throughout it, uh, Laura on her end and I on mine, and we'll bring it to you as best we can. I understand that uh, Sergeant Adam uh, Medlicott of uh, Burnsville, who was uh, wounded in that shooting uh, when he lost two of his uh, colleagues as well as mm-hmm. uh, uh, the uh, firefighter, is going to be actually speaking at this service. Yeah, so emotional, so emotional. And I'm, you know, I'm sure it won't be gruesome. I'm sure it will be beautiful about the lives that these young men, 27, I mean, that just about kills you. So many of them with young children. And, uh, you know, again, it brings it home that they were just doing their job that night. They were just going to help protect that family from a man who had, you know, really evil person that did this to, to not just the officers, the families, the children in that house. I mean, there is trauma to go around. I mentioned that, you know, you. this isn't the first uh, officer funeral that, that you have covered. Do you think no. back on any specific moment from any previous funeral that you've covered that stands out that is kind of seared in your memory? Do you, officer Bergeron, do you recall yes, that? Yes, I do. Was, was that Maplewood? A Maplewood uh-huh. officer? And I yep. think he was shot like someone came up to his car, I thought, and just ran and yep. killed him. That was really awful uh, this is up there though as far as emotions and you know like you said as a reporter you you do your best to keep your own emotions out of it but sometimes in situations that are this grave you really can't help but to not feel the feelings along with everyone else 
Yeah, and I think about uh, Scott Patrick, too, Mendota Heights uh, officer, yep. too, who did that yep. traffic yep. stop. Well, I'll, yep. I'll let you go. I know you want to get up and into place, and I appreciate the time. And, again, we're going to be streaming that funeral service starting at 11. And uh, okay. maybe uh, if we hear from uh, Sergeant, uh, the sergeant who was wounded uh, during uh, our show, we'll dip into that. But thank you so much, Susie, and uh, great job. We'll hear for your reports for the rest of the day. Thank you, Adam. Susie Jones uh, in Eden Prairie, ready for the start of that service for uh, those two uh, fallen officers, Paul Elmstrand, Matthew Ruge, as well as Burnsville firefighter Adam Finseth, all uh, being laid to rest today. We'll take a break and be back on News Talk 830 WCCO. 1049, that is your Lindus Construction time check. Time to invest in clog-free LeafGuard gutters. Get 50% off installation labor. Uh, again, we will stream the funeral service on line at wccoradio.com so if you choose to watch that you can uh, tune in and just one last note before we move on texter it's crazy you're concerned about your reporters feelings at this very moment meanwhile three first responders are in a casket and their families are grieving i was asking Susie to provide context to this funeral uh, in connection to the ones she's covered in the past and you heard what you wanted to hear and so there's nothing more to say about that it's to suggest somehow that I was more concerned about Susie's feelings and emotions as opposed to the families. Um, that's just not true, and you heard what you wanted to hear. So uh, moving on, again, uh, If I certainly uh, the headline from that funeral today is that the uh, wounded sergeant uh, who was uh, wounded in that um, shooting uh, that killed uh, two of his colleagues as well as the firefighter is going to speak, and uh if those comments are available uh, during our next hour, we will air those live. I was driving in this morning, and I heard that Apple is backing off their plans, canceling their plans to re- uh, develop an electric car with self-driving capabilities. And it's the latest blow, at least, uh, that I'm perceiving to electric vehicles. Now, we've talked about EVs all the time. Jordana drives one. I've said if I... If I had the the means and the market to buy an electric vehicle to use on a day-to-day basis, I absolutely would. I have no hesitation. I see enough Teslas on the road that I think plenty of people are happy with them. Um, But there are serious questions about the future of electric vehicles. And it gives me pause when Apple, which is really at the forefront of technology and making our lives more connected and easier – at least for their products, would not be uh, interested or not be dedicated to continuing to develop an electric vehicle. And does news like this, it absolutely gives me pause about whether or not we're ready uh, to continue with our march towards electric vehicles. And I don't, I don't fault anybody for feeling the same way. Even though, again, I've, I see plenty of electric vehicles out there. I think people who drive them generally are happy with them. But is there evidence, is there more evidence that we're just not ready? Not to say that it's not going to happen eventually, but just is it is the transition from gas-powered vehicles to, I guess at this point, electric or some other powered vehicle, yeah. which maybe we don't even recognize yet, I think it's a little slower than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I think, I mean, look, the vehicles that we drove 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know, vehicles that often got 20 miles a gallon or in that range, um, like 
those are already out of style. And yeah. certainly in the years to come, like cars will be different and will be fueled and powered different. Yeah. Like, it, it's changing. It's a big part of our um, society in America, cars, driving, freeways, and we like our cars. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it will be changing. And whether the current version of electric vehicles are the answer to how that's going to change or whether, like you said, it's going to look different. We don't know that yet. And we also don't know what speed yeah. things are going to change. But we we know it's going to change. Yep. Um, but I was just reading a report from late last year that the um, the inventory of EVs was up like 500% year over year. Mm-hmm. So the amount of electric vehicles that are made and are waiting to be purchased, um, a lot of those EVs are staying on the market for up to three months. So they're made and not sold for three months after they're made. Um, and that after we went through a time during COVID where – you know, a lot of dealerships couldn't keep cars in inventory, right? They were selling yep. so quickly, so that has really slowed. And, I, yeah, I guess I don't know the real reason, but I think people are still concerned about charging and yep. range anxiety and things range like that. Range anxiety and, and the cost of, you know, well, there's ambitious plans out there to create charging stations. Yeah. But uh, it's ambitious, and it, frankly, it's expensive. It will be expensive to create uh, these charging yep. stations where people feel confident enough to say, I can travel wherever I want and know that I'll be able to plug my car in when yep. I need to. Yeah, and in most cases, people have to add a charging station to their own house, which can run, you know, an average yep. of $2,000 I've seen. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to go buy a car, that's tough to swallow an extra yes, 2000 yep. and the vehicle you're buying costs a little more, and the return on investment might be, like, it's not five years away. It's probably 10 or 20 years away, and are folks ready to make an investment that is going to take that long to pay off? Uh, somebody texting in that hydrogen vehicles or fuel cell vehicles are, are part of the future, and right, I, uh, that's last time I think we had uh, Joe Abraham on. John, John, I'm sorry, John Abraham, doctor, who's a great guest from the University of St. Thomas. I think I asked him that. Like, I mean, is it possible that right now we don't even know what the next uh, iteration of transportation, transportation? Well, not only transportation, yeah. but even in speaking of cars. What kind of car? What kind of fueled cars will have next? That is something maybe we can't even comprehend yet. I mean, that's a possibility with the advancement and the technology for as fast as it moves, and with the the possibilities, the hopeful possibilities that artificial intelligence provides, that it could come up with a a different thing that maybe scientists hadn't thought about, or at least hadn't comprehended being available. And that's it. And that's another part of the electric vehicles that people talk about, too. The ba- it's the batteries. And it's the batteries. Where are we getting these batteries from? Mm-hmm. The materials used for these batteries, are they ethically mined? That's a big question, too. And a lot of those in the rush to say, you know, I'm doing what I can. I'm going to buy this electric vehicle. Those are still questions that need to be answered and I think are part of this kind of hesitancy mm-hmm. we have to moving towards fully electric vehicles. So, Adam, if you were going to go out today, you decided that you're done driving your truck from Rosemount back and forth every day, and you wanted to get a smaller, more efficient vehicle for your daily commute, Mm -hmm. would you right now choose gas, hybrid, plug-in hybrid, electric? For sure, like, I would be confident with a vehicle that I'd have to drive downtown every day to go fully electric. Okay. I think I've seen enough evidence that that's, Safe, and I've I've heard Paul talk plenty of times mm-hmm. about you know when he goes on longer trips yeah, that he, he still goes back yep. to the the fueled vehicle. You didn't answer my question though. If you were oh, buying it today, sorry. would you opt for the electric vehicle? Yes, because if I was using it just just for a commuter, yes, yeah, okay, I would, and I'd feel safe that my kids would be using it too. 
uh, that's that's not a problem. Again, I've seen the evidence out yeah. there. It's good enough to travel around here. But and some of those, I mean, I see a lot of those Revian is Revians the, mm-hmm. that are not cheap. <laughs> Did a little Trump there, not cheap. But they're you know people swear by those those the pickups the power issue too and but apparently uh, we're moving in that direction but it does give you pause when Apple pulls the plug, pardon the pun, on their uh, electric vehicle development. Uh, hot water, uh, let them eat cereal. That's what uh, the Kellogg CEO is saying, and many people are equating it to um, Marie Antoinette. And my answer to that is, what's wrong with cereal for dinner? We'll get into that topic uh, coming up after the news on CCO. Don't go anywhere. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 